Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, March 11th. I'm Ryan Delaney, sitting in for Wayne Pratt. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio listeners have submitted dozens of questions about the coronavirus to our Curious Lewis series. Questions such as... Should I wear rubber gloves when I go into a crowded, busy place like a grocery store or school or mall? But first, a roundup of the news. Former Vice President Joe Biden has won the Missouri Democratic primary. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, with his victory over Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, Biden is on track to receive most of the state's 68 delegates. This year's results in Missouri are a far cry from 2016, when Hillary Clinton's margin of victory over Sanders was barely 2,000 votes. Seventh Ward Alderman Jack Coder was a Clinton delegate back in 2016 and is supporting Biden this time around. He says Clinton carried a lot of baggage that turned some voters off. Joe Biden doesn't have that. Joe Biden's tried and tested. He's worked with Barack Obama as his number two for so long, and he has great respects of all sorts of Democrats. President Donald Trump won Missouri in 2016 by 19 points. Coder says Biden will narrow that gap, which will help down-ballot Democrats. Trump beat nominal competition in his party's primary in Missouri last night. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed yesterday that a 20-year-old woman in St. Louis County has the new coronavirus disease. A case of COVID-19 is presumed positive until the CDC confirms test results. The woman is a student who recently returned from Italy, where hundreds have died from the disease. The woman is quarantined at home. The St. Louis County Department of Health says two of three pending test results were negative. The Missouri House has agreed to end the residency requirement for law enforcement officers throughout the state. St. Louis Public Radio's State House reporter Jacqueline Driscoll reports the vote yesterday came over the objections of many Democrats, several who represent the St. Louis area. The measure allows officers to live anywhere within a one-hour response time to their precinct. This comes at the request of St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen and other officials who say it's hard to recruit and retain officers because they don't always want to live in the city. State Representative Donna Berenger, a Democrat from St. Louis, voted in favor of the bill, but she says this local issue should not be handled at the state level. We have people who would like to be a police officer in the city of St. Louis, but because they already own a home or their spouse lives in the county and their children are already enrolled in a school in St. Louis County, they do not and will not move. Those in opposition to the bill say it's important for officers to live in the communities they patrol. The proposal now heads to the Senate where it is likely to be approved. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. The number of Indian-born residents in Metro St. Louis has grown more than 190 percent since the year 2000. That's according to a new study from St. Louis University. St. Louis Public Radio's Holly Edgel reports on what might account for that growth. The SLU study puts the Indian-born population at about 15,000, slightly outpacing the second largest group, people born in Mexico. Baldwin resident Raja Rajasekaran arrived from India more than 30 years ago. He says life in Metro St. Louis has been good for his family and the community because they've been exposed to people and experiences not common in India. That taught us to be open-minded, to embrace other cultures, other viewpoints, and respect their belief systems and practices. And not only that, it's a great place for raising children. 
Rajasekharan is not surprised by the study's findings. He's seen a recent increase in Indian-born arrivals, people attracted to the region's growing tech sector. I'm Holly Edgel, St. Louis Public Radio. This weekend, Missouri health officials confirmed the state's first case of COVID-19, the disease caused by the new coronavirus. So far, listeners have submitted dozens of questions about coronavirus to our Curious Lewis series. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Shayla Farzan and digital editor Brian Heffernan teamed up to track down the answers. The St. Louis Public Radio newsroom has received a ton of questions about the coronavirus in the last week. So I sat down with digital editor Brian Heffernan, and we picked the most commonly asked questions. Hey, Brian. Hey, Shayla. Okay, what's our first question? Yeah, so a lot of people wanted to know what the difference is between cold and flu symptoms and symptoms you might see with COVID-19. COVID-19 does have symptoms that are pretty similar to the seasonal flu. So things like coughing, fever, shortness of breath. And for most people, these symptoms are pretty mild, but they can be more severe in certain groups. So older people, people who have compromised or weakened immune systems, and people who have kind of certain chronic medical conditions like heart disease, diabetes, lung disease, in those groups, the symptoms can be more severe. But because the symptoms are so similar between the flu and COVID-19, the only way to really tell the difference is to actually go and get tested. So if you, let's say that you think that you have COVID-19 and you're having these symptoms, the most important thing is for you to stay home and call your doctor or an urgent care center. Once you do, they're going to ask you some screening questions. And then a doctor is the one who's actually going to make that decision as far as whether or not you should get tested. Another question we got was, why can't we set up drive-through testing so people don't have to sit in an ER for hours? So this is really critical. If you're having these symptoms, call your doctor. Don't just show up. You shouldn't be sitting in the ER for hours, mostly because if you're doing that, you can be exposing a lot of people to the virus. Um, So as far as drive-through testing, some states like Washington have have set these up to try to test a small number of people for COVID-19. But that's not something that's happened in Missouri yet, uh, mostly because the state health department has been, so far, the only group that can actually test people. The state health department basically processes these tests at a state-run lab in Jefferson City. But the the test kits themselves come from the CDC. And right now, there's still a limited number of kits, test kits available. So the state's only testing people who have symptoms, who have traveled to an affected country like um, Italy or China, or have had contact with someone who's infected. So other listeners asked why there aren't more tests being made available. What's going on there? So in Missouri and also the rest of the country, there haven't been enough tests to meet demand. And the reasons why are pretty complicated. But part of the problem, at least initially, was with the test itself. So early on, the tests were inconclusive. People were having problems with them. And that that was what caused kind of a bottleneck early on in getting those tests out to the states. But right now, the Missouri Health Department says that they are expecting to get more test kits soon. And that's probably going to change who's able to get tested. I should also mention that several commercial test kits are available now, but you can't just go out and pick one up at the drugstore. A doctor actually has to be the one to order the test for you. 
And it's still unclear right now as far as whether or not insurance companies are going to cover the cost of these tests. A lot of listeners want to know how to protect themselves. Is it a good idea to wear rubber gloves when you go to a crowded, busy place like the grocery store or a school? Right. This was a common question. So the main way the virus spreads is through these tiny droplets that are sprayed out into the air when an infected person coughs or even talks. Those droplets can land on surfaces and then people can get sick if they touch the contaminated surface and then they touch their faces. So that's why doctors are recommending that people wash their hands frequently. So, I mean, as far as gloves, the short answer is unless you're sanitizing your gloves as often as you'd be washing your hands, they're probably not going to offer much protection to you. And in fact, they might do more harm than good um, because they could give you a false sense of security. So as far as large gatherings, one thing to note here is that if you are in one of those higher risk groups, especially if you're older or you have a compromised immune system, health officials are recommending that you try to avoid these bigger gatherings whenever possible. That was our Shayla Farzan and Brian Heffernan answering your questions about the coronavirus. Our executive editor is Shula Newman. Keep up with the news throughout the day at stlpublicradio.org or follow our newsroom on Twitter at stlpublicradio. Music is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Ryan Delaney, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.